0: And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we get into another spooky movie. We're rounding around third base uh, (laughs) with another movie picked by you guys, kind of. Um, This is another one that was highly requested from 2022 that we missed. Mm -hmm. And that bitch is barbarian.
1: Yes, it is. Also, can I just say going back and like doing this, it just really reinforced how good of a year 2022 was.
0: Yeah. I said
1: it a thousand times, but it's just so true. We had so many bangers last year.
0: Yeah, they were slapping hard and yeah, it's been really fun to go back and catch up in a way to the I guess the most talked about or or the most anticipated of the year makes me feel good because i feel like i'm getting to relive all of these things that i missed at the time Mm because like i said i missed the hype on majority of the movies that came out but it's still fun now to go back and talk about them and know that we still get to dive into these movies despite me missing missing out on, (laughs) on the first ride around
1: Nah, it's okay. But I am actually curious, specifically with this movie, um, whether or not you actually, did you get to see this one in theaters or did you watch this one at home?
0: I didn't. I Ah, watched this one at home.
1: Okay. Because I I do think that does play a role in this one specifically because this is very much an audience participation movie. Yeah. And like, we'll talk about it when we get into the nitty gritty of things, but it was very fun seeing this with a large group of people.
0: No. uh, And I could super see that. But you know me, though. Here's the thing about it. I Mm -hmm. feel like I get a little bit of a pass because. That argument is valid and fair, but you know me, I still would have been at that 11 o'clock (laughs) matinee and it still would have been me in an empty theater. So really, the only audience participation would have been from me. So that's true. I guess it didn't matter in the grand <laughs> scheme of things I guess. unless there was somebody else in the in the theater. Because, yeah, I feel like even with the movies that I do go see in in theaters, it's usually either me. It's me and Anthony or it's maybe one other random person mm-hmm. <laughs> who just who also wanted to do a matinee. Um, and, and this is also one, too, where I remember I'm pretty sure you were the one who told me that kind of going in knowing as little as possible was the best way to go. So I don't think I would have known that this one would have been a good audience participation one. Because I'm not going to lie, Nope was one where I thought audience participation might slap on this. And we did actually have a handful of people in there with us when we saw that. Mm -hmm. But Barbarian, I feel like, is one where I wouldn't have thought twice about having an audience or not having an audience
1: okay that yeah, makes I hear sense you. i hear you <laughs> yeah but it, it still stands that this is one of those movies that absolutely works a lot better if you don't know anything going into it now at this point it's been out for a little bit so i'm sure most people probably have already seen it have already seen some form of spoilers for it seen something So it's probably a little bit difficult to go in blind. But if you're one of the few people who has somehow dodged all of the spoilers like bullets, Mm -hmm. proud of you. Um, You should probably not continue this podcast episode until you watch the movie. Mm -hmm. But if you made it this far, good for you.
0: Yeah, you did good. Honestly, though, I will say... I might have to give props to the horror community for this one. Um because and now granted I could have just had my blinders on. Mm-hmm. However, I do feel like this is the first time where I really did not see any spoilers posted on social media. And normally I am absolutely drowning in those, just <laughs> just gasping for air, trying not to see anything, but I will say I I I just there were a lot of people who were alluding to perhaps a twist or alluding to it maybe not being what you would have expected it to be. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get any spoilers um mm-hmm. online on on social media. I didn't see any. So that was kind of dope, not to say that they weren't there, but right. this is the first time that I haven't had to be really like dodging spoilers like it's my job.
1: Okay, that's fair. Um, I also think the trailer for this one is probably one of the better trailers from last year, too. Um, yeah. Just because it gave you just enough to be interested without giving you anything about what the actual movie is about. And I kind of love that because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like subversion of expectations with this one. And that started for me when we watched that trailer on stream the first time. I was like, what is this movie about? What is this Airbnb horror movie And what does it have to do with the people who are on this cast list? You know, like what's going on here? And I do think the trailer did a great job of just like giving you just enough information to like, you know, tease you, but not to ruin the surprise. And I appreciate that.
0: Yes, because they were almost more of just little, like it was more of just a moment of the movie rather than snippets. Mm -hmm. It was, it was basically a scene from the movie was the trailer. Yeah. And so then you really knew the very, very, very base plot line. Mm-hmm. And you kind of could see how that the scene unravels in a way. But, yeah, you were given nothing more than that, which, yeah, definitely worked in this movie's favor and can be risky to a certain degree mm-hmm. because... I do think when you have trailers like that, you're really banking on the audience, latching onto that mystery part of things and saying, I don't know what's going on, but I want to check it out rather than being like, oh, this, what is this? I don't want to see this. It could go either way, but it worked out in this movie's favor. I think they tapped into just enough where people were interested and not annoyed (laughs) by the trailer.
1: Yeah. So I'm really excited to talk about this one. Um, I'm excited to talk about all the in and outs, all the twists and turns that this one does. Um, But I do know that we do have to talk about how scary this one is, correct?
0: We do. We do. So scare scale, one to five, five being the scariest, one being not scary at all. What are we thinking? What's the vibes?
1: I'm going to give this one... I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I'm giving it a four out of five. My mind for a second there went three and a half out of five. Um, Cause I do think the scares are just concentrated into certain parts, but there are some solid jump scares in this one. And like jump scares that are a little bit different than your usual jump scares. And I think a lot of the uh, subject matter of this is very creepy. And a lot of the kills are very jarring and out of nowhere as well. That can Mm -hmm. be pretty frightening. So like, I think overall, the scares are kind of up in this one. It's funny, because it is also a very funny movie. Like there is a lot of humor in it as well. Um, But I think for your average horror viewer, there's enough scares in here to warrant like at least a three and a half, but I'm gonna give it a four.
0: Okay. I'm going to go kind of in the middle. I'm going to say 3.7 perhaps. Okay. Okay. Because for me, I didn't I didn't jump or anything when I watched this movie. And so I guess basing it off of, yes, maybe people who are more into horror, it, it's up there, but not quite as bad as a very jump-scary heavy movie. It's, it delves more into the creepiness factor, building up tension. There's a lot of darkness in it, but mm-hmm. never too much where it feels overwhelming. Um, I, yeah, I would say your four out of five, I think, hits perfectly for someone who is maybe uh, more casual fan Mm -hmm. or is maybe a little bit more easily spooked but I think just right in the middle of 3.5 and 4 is where probably most people will fall Mm -hmm. with this movie Um, just because there is definitely a anticipation of terror (laughs) that kind of gets under your skin but the payoff for some of it it's not going to make you jump out of your chair or anything like that at least from my perspective.
1: Okay. Cool, cool. I can agree with that. (laughs) But without further ado, let's go ahead and hop right into the film. So, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, and you have been warned. But today, we are talking about Barbarian from 2022. This movie was directed and written by Zach Kreger, starring Georgina Campbell as Tess and Bill
2: Skarsgård as Keith. Tess Marshall is on a trip to Detroit for an important job interview. She arrives at her rental house in the dead of night during a storm, but is greeted by a stranger, Keith, already staying in what should be her temporary home. Turns out, the house was double booked, and against her better judgement, Tess agrees to stay for the time being. but. Tess can't help but shake the feeling that there's something off about Keith, and that something's definitely wrong with this house. Insert underground labyrinths, canceled asshole actors, and the best way to put on a duvet cover here. Our film concludes with Tess fighting her instincts and exploring the hidden areas of the home. but. What she finds may be the reason she never leaves again. Also, do I look like some kind of monster? Roll credits. All right. Now, I'm very
1: curious to know, um, Erica, what's in your notebook?
0: Okay. So the first thing is... Is this possibly the worst case scenario that you could have when you are checking in to either your hotel or your Airbnb? I feel like it's pretty up there.
1: I'd agree. I mean, I'd agree. I, I wouldn't know what to do in this scenario.
0: I wouldn't either. I, I, and that's from either person's perspective. Right. Now, obviously, I think we have to say that well, okay. I guess it depends. I guess <laughs> it depends <laughs> on who you are. Because you are I think, in the
1: scenario, when you right. get there. Uh,
0: I was going to say, I feel like Tess, in either, to be fair, Tess, in either person's POV is at the disadvantage, or at least in the position of feeling more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, could go either way but i will say i feel like it is worse to be the person coming into the situation and not having the place to stay because it's you have to give the right of way to whoever was there first i think you just it's not fair but i think you just have to give it up to them to make the decision and most people would probably say kick rocks and good night or at the most say, yeah, sure. You can come in while you figure out what you're going to do. But when the clock strikes midnight, I'm gonna be asleep and you're going to have to go elsewhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. But like that's it's hard and it's complicated, too, because it's like even in that scenario, right? Like the person who's there first would have the agency over the place. If I have a reservation for somewhere, if I have the proof of the reservation, uh, good luck trying to kick me out of my Airbnb in the middle of the night in right. pouring rain, like, right? You know what I mean? Because like even like this scenario, we have you know Tess shows up to her Airbnb. She's clearly going through some stuff, but she's also in Detroit for her um job interview for something that she's very excited about getting. And she gets there, but she can't get into her Airbnb there's no key where it's supposed to be and then some random dude <laughs> appears in the window of the airbnb <laughs> that you're supposed to be in which is terrifying that that's gotta be so terrifying and that's one of the reasons i definitely think tess is the worst case scenario like mm-hmm. this scenario plus being the woman in the scenario every yes. part of this is red flags
0: yeah oh um the biggest flags like american flag size red flags. But I also feel like, weirdly enough, I feel like the predicament is less scary. I would have been more scared if I was Tess in Keith's position, if I was already in the Airbnb and some guy knocked on the door in the middle of the night. That honestly would probably scare me more than knocking on my Airbnb thinking that I was good to go and somebody's already in there because I have the ability to just be like, "lol," and like turn around doing about (laughs) about face and run back to my car. That's true. But being already in the Airbnb, being already comfortable and being alone. And then in the middle of the pouring rain in this neighborhood that looks run down and derelict, there's just some guy at my door would scare the actual shit out of me.
1: You have a point. That's (laughs) you definitely have a point there. Um, so both situations suck, most yes. definitely.
0: Unfortunate.
1: Yeah, but, like, at least, yeah, I guess you're right, because I, I feel like at least in the situation that we have here, there's that brief moment, there's that brief grace period, right, where, like, she's confused, I'm sure she's a little startled by it, but she's still not jumping to the absolute worst conclusion, right? Whereas right. the flip side, if Homeboy just shows up out of the darkness, um. You're definitely assuming serial killer,
0: right? It's just some guy who probably saw me in this house by myself. That's what I'd assume is some guy saw me pull up to this house all by myself and Mm -hmm. just been waiting to do a little knock, knockity knock at my door in the middle of the night. Um, But it it's I will say I feel like for the situation, this is just across the board. It's shitty. But with the situation and the way that it's laid out and leaning into horror assumptions, Mm -hmm. you would think that Keith is potentially has bad intentions or Keith is going to turn out to be our antagonist just because of the way that the situation is laid out. It's kind of like textbook. Oh, this is a bad situation. Yeah. And in her head, we do see that Tess is very, very reluctant to put down her guard or to get too comfortable with this situation. But I do have to give it to her. I do think that she does do some asks the right things checks the right things as much as she can oh Um, absolutely like trying to see his reservation because that's the issue is they both booked the reservation through different sites or apps or what have you right that's where the wires got crossed so checking that sort of a thing um checking his id taking a picture of it
1: which also in hindsight is kind of funny that like both of them being there at both of them being there at the same time was actually just an error that's kind of,
0: yeah, that's
1: kind of nuts that it uh, ended up that way. but right with still. the situation
0: that plays out. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but still, yeah, Tess is very resourceful and very smart going into this, which I think is very, I think it's one of the main reasons why. I brought up the uh, whether or not you saw this in theaters and the audience participation part, because watching this a second time through, I think I get why all of us were screaming at the screen at wondering why she keeps going back into places and making certain decisions that she makes later on, Mm -hmm. because in the beginning, every choice that she makes is the right one. She does Mm -hmm. everything that a smart character needs to do in a questionable situation to stay safe. And so like you establish from the beginning that this is an intelligent character that has survival instinct. And so Mm -hmm. I think what that does to you as the viewer, then is, once the horror movie aspects of things start kicking in, you can't help but feel like betrayed and upset because you're like, yo, you were so smart 20 minutes ago. (laughs) What are you doing walking down that hallway? Like, what's wrong with you?
0: Right, right. And we'll get into her. Yeah, because I have some thoughts on her decisions. But yes, she for the most part, she is dealing pretty heavily in self-preservation in this beginning. And really, it is kind of a she's just a victim of circumstance because she does need to be here for a job interview. Not only that, but she kind of, she needs to be on her top game. Mm -hmm. So sleeping in her car is not necessarily ideal. Not only that, but she's in a place that she is not familiar with. And there are no hotels. There's a convention in town or something happening that weekend where she cannot find a place to stay. And it just feels like, The better, there is no better situation because sleeping outside in your car, particularly in the neighborhood that they're in, is not any more appealing than sleeping safely. It's not safely, but I guess I should say comfortably in in this place that you were supposed to be in. And so then it starts to become her obviously still very guarded against Keith and... Trying to figure out if this is going to be a safe enough situation where she can fall asleep and and feel okay.
1: Right. And at least she
0: has a lock on the bedroom door. At least she has a lock on the
1: bedroom. That's true. That's very true. But, I mean, it it doesn't help that the guy who is renting the place before her is Pennywise. So, it's like. Right. (laughs) Though, granted, in this movie, he does seem very normal. Um, he he just kind of has like a skittish energy to him that before yeah before you know all the different details it can come across as maybe nefarious because you're just like. What's this guy's deal? Why is he acting so strange? Mm -hmm. Like, why is he being so weird? You come to find out later that that's just kind of like his personality and who he is. But like in the beginnings, everything, even from the audience perspective, is just like, it's really hard to trust Keith. (laughs) It's just it's so difficult.
0: Right. Because then you say, oh, am I the clown? Because I don't. (laughs) Am I gonna just look this man in his eyes and think everything's okay? And I have seen some people commenting um, that they feel like Keith is not necessarily a good guy, but I do agree with you in the sense of I just think that his his him trying to make her feel comfortable. is a little bit off-putting but i think it's because he's so nervous about the situation he's overcompensating yeah to make her feel comfortable and it's coming off a little bit aggressive because he is very 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 much saying oh i'll wash your sheets i'll make you tea let's have some wine Da-da-da-da-da. and tess is still guarded Understandably so and is kind of turn kind of shutting him down in 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 those regards when he is trying to do these things to make her feel comfortable but I think at the same time make him feel comfortable it just seems like he needs to consistently be doing things or consistently he feels the need to show her hey I'm a good guy I'm a good guy I'm a good guy and it's coming off a little (laughs) bit over the top but I don't think I could see how that could be a red flag because Mm -hmm. it it is a bit especially in her situation it's like dude you're being way fucking pushy um, but I also feel like it's very hard to judge him because we don't get to know him for very long. No. And so what we have to assume is that that is the way that he is. And it's just a weird situation that both people are trying to navigate. From his perspective, he never expected to be sharing this Airbnb with someone, let alone a woman, that it seems like he is attracted to and right. is getting along very well with. So I don't think it's crazy for him to be overcompensating to try and make her feel better about the situation um and also too later on from keith's perspective he also gets kind of spooked by her because he wakes up in the middle of the night and she's just standing over him so it's like you can see both perspectives (laughs) i think it's just a little bit of mis um miscommunication and they're both can only trust each other as far as they know each other, which is not at all.
1: (laughs) Right. But these two characters do eventually uh, warm up to each other over mutual love of jazz documentaries. Um, Mm -hmm. Turns out that Keith is (laughs) involved. Very
0: niche. (laughs) Right.
1: Super niche, which I think is probably why they have that connection, because, like, it's so niche that <laughs> yeah. Tess couldn't believe that someone else would even like know the reference that she made. And I gotta say, once they do warm up to each other, they're kinda cute together. Like, granted, yeah. like in a different scenario, maybe I'd ship it. Maybe, maybe.
0: Right. Under different circumstances, maybe this would've been the meet cute that they talked about later down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if things had been able to progress. Cause it does seem like they're making if if nothing else they're making the foundation of a friendship because right. of how much they have in common. And so, yeah, it, it's kind of nice to see. Now, of course, on a it's funny because I think this is one of those movies where you can almost breathe. Like you can almost exhale easier when you're watching this on a rewatch because even yeah. that first time you want to believe that Keith is is telling the truth and everything is good to go but you can't not really until, no no until... I, this, this
1: is <laughs> very much a second watch feeling I did not yes. feel that at all the first time through
0: yes it's it's very much on the second watch it it's it's just kind of nice to see them get along and have this conversation and and have a situation that is really shitty but they are able to find someone out of it that is maybe the best case scenario of this sort of a situation happening. Um, So that aspect of it is nice. But yes, that's definitely a second watch kind of uh, feeling that you don't necessarily get to (laughs) enjoy the first time through.
1: No, absolutely. (laughs) And then I also enjoy that um, Tess and Keith have basically kind of the theme conversation of the yeah. movie, which is just like how women and men approach certain situations, kind of go back to what we we're talking about initially with like the whole setup to all of this, right? Like, Tess talks about how Keith in this situation doesn't really have to worry about too much because he's a guy, which is very mm-hmm. true. Like, you have to navigate things differently, especially like these sorts of situations when you're a woman, and that is definitely a theme throughout basically this entire movie. Like, we see that time and time again about like the difference between how other characters are reacting to the situation versus how basically Tess is going through these situations.
3: Right. Is that my lesson? I don't know. I don't know. I just need to stop going back. Keep going back. Maybe that's it. Or
0: maybe my lesson is that
3: guys will walk all over you as long as you let them. Yeah, that's my lesson. I take issue with that statement.
0: Oh, yeah, that's because you're a guy. <laughs> I mean, the world's different for you. Guys get to blast that way through life making messes. Girls have to be careful. Elaborate. Okay, take tonight. If I had been the one that checked in first and you showed up late at night. What, you wouldn't have let me in? Hell no, I wouldn't have let you in. Do you think I'm crazy? But. It, if I was dumb enough to let you in, you wouldn't even think twice. You would just march on in. Wait, you just marched on in. Yeah, because I had to. And
2: it was scary.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely a valid Ooh, point. point. It's in this sort of a scenario, you know that um, when she saw Keith in, in in the Airbnb, that was the first thing that Tess would have thought about. It's the first thing that any woman would have thought about is mm-hmm. her safety. But for Keith, that's not... A thought that would cross his mind—it's more of a "What's going on? What's happening?" Yeah, okay, you can come in, sort of a thing. Oh yeah. And like if Georgina so,
1: Campbell walked up to my door and was like, "I'm supposed to be staying here," I'd be like, "Oh yeah, no, totally. You can go ahead, <laughs> right on it." Yeah, you
0: right, you right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just—it's not something that Keith uh, would even even has to have cross his mind. It's not a worry that he ever has the worst thing i said like i said that he is worrying about is making her is maybe trying to make her feel more comfortable in the situation mm-hmm. but that's because he never has to worry about his comfortability because that's not a concern for yeah. him yeah like he's never could in happen. danger quote unquote yeah What could happen by inviting her in? That's not something that he is ever worried about. Um, But that's the only thing that she is concerned about is what will happen to me if I walk into this Airbnb and and vice versa. What will happen to me if I sleep in my car on the street? Yeah. Yeah. I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't, which is not necessarily for him. I feel like it might not have been a big deal if he had come later and ended up having to sleep, sleep in, in his, his car. car.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. even probably have thought twice about it.
0: It would have been uncomfortable. It would have been annoying. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he would have been worried about his safety.
1: Right. That's very true. Um. And so, yeah. So, like, watching this a second time through, it it layers this entire section with like a different lens because like you know what the deal is and so you're kind of just watching these characters figure it out in Mm -hmm. real time um however i will say for that first time through this all of this is very tense like Mm -hmm. it's tense every single moment i love that um from a filmmaking perspective we're paying very close attention to safety decision make or safety decisions by Tess. Every time Tess locks a door, every time Tess checks something, like, we, the audience, see that as well. So that anytime later on when she makes a mistake, we're also very much paying attention to that as well. The first one, quote-unquote, mistake being her not locking her door for the first night.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Right, which... Yeah, at, at that point, she's seemingly uh, enamored with Keith and is not thinking about, hey, maybe I should lock this bad boy. But yeah, she falls asleep, the door opens, and she hears a noise that she goes to check up on. She finds Keith having a nightmare. And it's the first kind of instance of something feeling strange or yeah. something feeling off. Um, not necessarily towards each other, because I will say even the first time that I watched this, I will. I feel like this is the first time that I kind of ruled Keith out.
1: Right. Yeah. Because
0: of the circumstances, it just felt like it really never. I don't. I did not believe that he would have gotten up, opened her door, ran back to the couch and pretended to have a nightmare. It was the first time that I thought, okay, there's something else here. Yeah. Sort of a situation. But we also Um, get
1: the first instances that there may be someone else in the house as well.
0: Yes. Yes. That there is uh, something, somebody else potentially there with them. And that is creepy. And it's kind of interesting later on because nothing really happens to them. It's more so just feels like. It's like it's not like something got taken or anybody got hurt or anything. It almost just feels like someone looked at them and then kept it moving, yeah. which makes sense later on. But in this instance, it's like, what is how, what is really going on? <laughs> yeah, why would you why would you why would you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like the, the one r- like uh, concrete thing here being, though, that we all saw the door being closed before she went to bed. So someone right. most definitely did open her door. Um, and do something, whether that was peer in there or something. But somebody was at her door that much. We know for a fact. We just don't know exactly what's going on quite yet.
0: Right. Um, And so then the next day, um, if if somebody that lived in a place. Kind of gasped and choked a little bit when I told them where I was staying, I'd probably not
1: stay there. <laughs> right?
0: I'd probably say, you know what? Let me go ahead and pack it up and pack it in. Yeah. Because the look on her face when she said where she was staying, that would have been enough for me.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm And the warning was a bit too cryptic to Ominous. not take serious. You know what I <laughs> <Yes>. mean? <laughs>
0: and Tess is given she's giving a little well it had good reviews so i think i'm (laughs) fine um which
1: yeah come on there there's (laughs) something very clearly different between like a like oh you're staying over there okay versus oh you're staying over there no you should not be there
0: yeah you should Are you sure? Uh, And yeah, I would have been, I would have said, okay, where do you recommend? (laughs) You give me a couple addresses and I'll figure something else out. Because yeah, that would have been enough for me. But this is when we get into the discovery of something really serious going on. And also we have our introduction of our homeless man who is trying to help um, Tess, but... Very much comes at her with I'm about to kill you energy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Everybody is just a <laughs> little bit <laughs> a little aggressive.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So the shot is really cool of him just like sprinting at her while she's like at her car. I did yeah. really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, and it's terrifying.
1: And then yeah, my man comes in like a goddamn locomotive. He's
2: yes. And why is he called little girl? Little, little girl, girl. You can't yes. go in there. Little girl, get out of that house.
1: Like yes. bro. There are so many different ways you could have phrased what you were trying to say that would have been substantially more helpful than the way you went about it. Yes. Not to mention, we find out later on that you're actually pretty well-spoken, so like, you could have used your words better than you did.
0: You didn't have to be doing all that. Coming at her like Andre the Hedgehog, first of all, (laughs) and then, yeah, just screaming, little girl, little girl, get out of that house. Get out of that house. And so Tess is terrified. And so she does Now, granted like she didn't have time to really react to what that lady had said her or had told her because it's like that happens and then the next thing happens. But I think she does start packing up yeah. and, and kind of getting her shit together mm-hmm. <laughs> ready to bounce. But she doesn't want to leave Keith all um by himself without telling him this information. So then we get the discovery of the basement. And the Which, obvious
1: real quick was I thought well done how they did that because it was just like. She ran out of toilet paper and was like well i gotta find some toilet paper yeah. which led her down to the basement i like that it was yes. an organic a uh, reason for her going down there because otherwise yeah why would she ever why would want to go to- down there
0: yeah and so this all kind of leads into our first i uh, guess twist or it's like it's a twist but at the same time it's it's more of just a pivot of the story to me because, yes, it's unexpected, but it is a huge aspect of the story. We're only like 20 minutes into the movie at this point or like 30 minutes into the movie, um, so It's I I feel like this movie or this story just pivots multiple times Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and all kind of swirls into one bigger story. But it feels like there's three different stories happening because there's almost an upstairs story and a downstairs story because upstairs in the Airbnb is much different than what is going on downstairs.
3: True. Um,
0: And then in our last act, they just kind of come together. It's Mm -hmm. like they finally meld into each other. Um, And so. This is the moment that I think we do get that first instance of that women versus men and the way that they react to things because Tess sees what she sees and she is ready to bounce. She said, I had enough. Something weird is happening here. We got to go. Yeah. Keith, on the other hand, is curious and wants to see for himself Which is absolutely not the way that I would have reacted. I would have been like, say less. Girl, my car is already packed. (laughs) I'm peeling out and down the street. That's not to say because I feel like you would also react the same way. But I just think that this is another instance of Keith handling things in a much different way than, than Tess does. And not really putting safety as a priority Hmm. and rather putting oh well i need to see for myself now granted i do think Tess could have maybe explained what she saw a little bit better um but he definitely should have just taken her word for it and and made her feel better about the situation because not only does he say i'm gonna go back down there he also asks her to wait for him which would have pissed me the fuck
1: off uh yeah like because here's the thing with that situation that section right is one yeah i would have definitely leaned on like with the amount of energy that tess was giving about we need to get out of here hearing what she was saying and like seeing keith's reaction to it the curiosity in me would be there now whether or not i'd be like oh let's go down and investigate i'd have to be in the situation to say for sure but like if somebody's just telling me like hey we need to get out of this house right now i'm gonna want to know why i'm like okay why are we leaving the house and then like if it's not something like super nefarious like there is someone literally with a hacksaw down there chopping somebody up let's go i'm like well i paid a lot of money for this airbnb so we ain't
0: getting a refund
1: (laughs) (laughs) um like i i would be curious but there are some parts of this section that i think moved keith back into the suspicious pile just because of how adamant he was about them not leaving until he investigated right um because it's like one thing to be curious But then it's another thing to basically be holding her hostage there. And now it makes sense that it's like he doesn't want to get trapped in the basement. The Mm -hmm. first time he used that excuse, I didn't like it. Second time through, it actually made more sense because like he got there and she was trapped in the basement. So like that plot point, it made more sense to me. Second time through. However, he was just very pushy about it. And i feel like he was trying to calm her down yes but he also wasn't fully listening to just how adamant she was that they needed to go out like he there was part something in the communication was missing for him because she was very clearly like bro we need to go yes now
0: she was very much upset and yeah i don't think it's because i think you could Tess also lets her curiosity get the better of her that's how she discovers this room and and this kind of hidden wall and she goes all the way back there she didn't have to do that but i do think that there is inherently a part of of people that is curious against their better judgment but yes it's it's like keith isn't completely crazy for wanting to go look and investigate what she's saying but yeah it's i think it's just the way that he approaches her being so obviously emotionally sh- rattled by something that she's seen down there and not trying to at least get her to safety and then come back later or something. Yeah. He's a little it's,
1: dismissive about everything, yeah. which for me is suspicious in the moment because right, he still hasn't fully been cleared yet that he isn't right. the antagonist. So it's like we
0: working with someone. Or... Yeah.
1: So it's like, why do you want to go down there so badly?
0: Curiosity kills them, because yeah, he, <laughs> he 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 wants to go take a look and and Tess. We do learn about Tess, which I think is very clear with the the people that she comes across in this film and the way that she reacts to them, especially the men that kind of get thrust into her life. We do learn from her early on that she has been in a relationship with someone who. Ha- is no is not good for her and that does not treat her well but she is kind of has a hard time resisting that and she kind of continues to go back to that situation almost feeling like she can fix them or like she can she can make things better and i think that she definitely falls into that quite a lot in this movie of mm-hmm. not being self-preserving in the same way that some other characters are where she would rather double down on the person rather than just say okay i'm gonna go off and, and do my own thing and i'll figure it out mm-hmm. she really really kind of allows herself to trust in in the decisions that they make rather than trusting in herself yeah. and this is a situation where she says yeah she'll stay and she follows him down and once again he doesn't listen to her this is the part where keith piss me off because like Bro, she's telling you that the stairs, the only way of leaving is that way. I understand you saw what you saw. You didn't even see what you saw. You got bit where you got bit. And that's where you're, you're like freaking out about that. Fine, whatever. She's telling him that the stairs are back and he is refusing to leave. Not only is he refusing Mm -hmm. to leave, but he's refusing to let her go back that way he's like holding on to her and being like no we're going this way yeah she's saying we should go this way and you know what's kind of funny the way he wanted to go yeah that's that's where the mother is
1: (laughs) that was where the
0: mother was and she smashes keith's head to bits
1: decimated my man's turned him into a human pancake um going back to that theater experience (laughs) when this happened (laughs) (laughs) the absolute look of shock that just washed over the audience was beautiful it was a work of (laughs) art (laughs) because every single one of us collectively thought what the fuck just happened
0: yeah yeah it's what it happens incredibly quickly it's it feels like Keith for like all intents and purposes it feels like Keith should be of a pretty important part in this film and he is to a degree but that's it for him like that he is literally first act and then he's gone (laughs) and yeah so it just kind of takes you by surprise a because what the actual antagonist is is Different than because I feel like you see this sort of a movie and it does feel much more based in like oh This is a home invasion or there's something weird going on especially when you see that room My first thought was oh, there's something going on with maybe trafficking or Mm -hmm. like abductions And so I feel like your mind leads leans into that and then you see what's actually happening and A, it's not at all what you're expecting to see. And B, it's like Keith gets killed and then we hard cut to Justin Long driving <laughs> along Malibu <laughs> having a car karaoke session.
1: Yo, the juxtaposition of those two scenes is incredible. Like <laughs> you can't help but laugh because you just watch someone get brutally, mm-hmm. brutally decimated just justin long living his best life in malibu it's it's too funny yeah. also Justin Long, what are you doing here why are you <laughs> yeah. in this movie
0: um hi
1: because <laughs> for anyone who's like n- who's okay watching the trailer and saw that much at least there was no mention of mr long like anywhere as far as i saw that he was in the movie
0: Well, there was so there was a Justin Long trailer that was was, yes there was oh I missed that one which I know because I follow him on on Instagram he posted it but (laughs) there was a Justin Long trailer that kind of leans into your preconceived notions of Justin Long where it kind of made it seem like oh it's the new Justin Long movie and it's yeah it's him seen in the car and everything's light and fun and then it cuts to the part where he's down in the dark later and he's Mm. shining his light trying to see what's going on. Um, so it kind of made it seem like it was going to be a comedy show that it was a horror.
1: I never saw that trailer.
0: But I was going to say, but yeah, if you had only seen the one trailer, then you would have not, you wouldn't have known that Justin Long was going to be in this movie. And I think that there is, uh, as an actor... I think both him and Bill Skarsgård have played very specific type of types of characters. So it's easy for you to see them and assume that they're going to continue to play into that archetype. And both of them are kind of flipping on its head what they normally play. Because mm-hmm. Justin Long, you see him and you just think he's going to be playing this kind of charming, goofy, boy-next-door character. And... It feels like that for the first 30 seconds that he's on screen. And then, (laughs) and then it all takes a turn.
2: Yellow. Hey, AJ, I have David Stern and Melissa Herberts for you. Love it. Guys, you're on with AJ. Yo, what's up? Hi, AJ. Uh, Hey,
1: AJ, uh, we need to discuss something that's just come through.
2: Cool, what's up?
1: So this is a bit of
0: an awkward conversation, but there's been a troubling development.
2: Okay, what?
0: Apparently Megan Maddox has contacted the network through her lawyer, and she's made a very serious accusation against you.
2: Really, what'd she say?
0: She's claimed that you were sexually aggressive during the filming of the pilot, and she no longer wants to move forward if you're involved. She, she, what? The network is taking this very
2: seriously. What does that mean?
0: That means that at this time, they're gonna start an investigation. Wait, 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 what about
2: the pilot? Wait, so I, I, hold on, wait a minute, this is crazy. So, Are we not picked up anymore?
0: Well, like I said, they're going to conduct an investigation and then decide
2: how to proceed. An investigation? AJ, I think honestly the most likely outcome of all of this is that yeah? even if the show does go forwards, it's very unlikely that you will be involved. No. I'm fired?
1: I think essentially that's, that's the most likely outcome.
0: And this kind of leads us into our second act where we are following his character. It, we completely shift from Tess and we move into AJ and it's an interesting time because you are following, following a character that you really don't want to follow. You don't, this is not a guy to root for. This is not a guy to be worried about. Um, you're just kind of watching him exist. But we have an actor who has been accused of sexual assault. And this is kind of the beginning of the accusation. So we kind of see him trying to figure out what he's going to do next because he gets kicked off of the show he's on. and mm-hmm. He's kind of trying to figure out what he's gonna do for money, but we find out that he owns the Airbnb. That's how he's tied into this situation. Yeah, and also, th- but when I say accusations, I, he did it. Like he, he did it. it. Yeah, we do find it. out that he did do it for sure. Mm-hmm. But at the at when we first meet him, we're we're seeing him kind of fight, you know, push back against yeah. that.
1: We're watching the like first bits of unraveling that's happening because like he's getting yeah. this information a day before it's about to be made public yeah so it's like you're about your your cancel wave is coming after you in 24 hours time we're just letting you know ahead of time um get ready for that and he is not doing well with this no (laughs) (laughs) um and it's kind of funny like watching the sequence of events like as it happens because like he gets he gets this information right and then immediately he's going into panic mode trying to figure out what he's going to do i love like the first thing he does is go he you know goes to check his money check his finances and basically his financier is like yeah you're gonna need to find somebody else to uh deal with your money also you're gonna be broke in three months um the yeah. luck guy And then immediately, so like hearing this news, he's leaving town to go try and make some cash by selling that property or like trying to see what he can get from that property to immediately get a call from his lawyer being like, my guy you can't leave the state you're under investigation what are you doing
0: yeah like where are you you can't go to detroit (laughs) not now and he's yeah he's he's doing all of these things that also i'm sorry i forgot to mention this earlier did you know that georgiana campbell is british
1: Really? No, yes. I had no idea.
0: <laughs> yes, I mean Georgina Campbell is a, like when I heard when I was like, oh okay, her name. Yes, I I could see that. But yeah, she's British. <laughs> I just it blew me back when I when I saw that because I was not expecting that.
1: I, um, I honestly have no idea. You so can't branded, tell like- at all. She does. She's very familiar because I think she was on like an episode of Black Mirror because I remember her face. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like I didn't super recognize her. But that's crazy because you could not tell.
0: You cannot tell. Love that for her. Mm-hmm. I that was random. But I I knew if I didn't bring it up now I was gonna forget and I didn't <laughs> to okay, mention that's that. fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Justin Long's character. We just watch him kind of viral here at the beginning and once again we have a very selfish character who does not want to admit to themselves that they are a bad guy that they are a selfish person who is consistently trying to do all of these things to make their reputation seem better or make themselves seem better but it is all very selfishly done it is not ever for the right reasons or Because they, you know, they're never doing any, he's never doing anything for other people. Everything that he's doing is completely for himself. And so we also have another character. I I think it's so interesting because really we only have three main characters Mm -hmm. and two of them are men. And then we have Tess.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: It's so interesting to see these two guys who are so different from each other um, but react fairly similarly when still faced with this huge life or death situation kind of don't see it as that. And I mean AJ is the most extreme version of that because he does discover the same thing that uh, our previous tenants discovered. And I'm not going to lie that cut from him discovering it to him Googling, like, can you add basement square footage to a property? I did cackle. That was pretty good.
1: Yo, it's so funny. Look, first and foremost, AJ ain't shit. Absolutely ain't shit with the worst human being. Justin's Justin Long's performance as AJ incredible. His comedic timing for every one of those scenes was fantastic from so from the good. googling to the to the tape measure that whole sequence mm-hmm. I was in stitches
0: it's so good but like i said like once again we have a character who is kind of facing down some very very strange circumstances and does not think at all about am I going to be okay doing this? It does not even cross <laughs> his yeah. mind that this is something to worry about.
1: Now, AJ is definitely like slipping a little bit into fantastical because despite how shitty his situation is, I kind of refuse to believe like he would see that room and have no red flags go up and continue about exploring more and finding more square footage it's funny, it's funny for the scene and it's funny in the moment, but I just like realistically, you would see that and you would have some other reaction. Even this really shitty character would think something other than, hmm, it's a strange room with a bloody bed and a camera down here. I'm gonna just keep on uh, measuring my square footage. Yeah. Like, no, come on. Come but I on. could
0: see I could see him seeing that and like I could see him thinking, oh. This is weird, but I've owned this property for so long. This must be from the last people. Like this isn't something to worry about in the present sort of a thing Mm -hmm. where it's like Oh, we'll deal with that later. We'll deal with the death room later. I'll clean that up and like it, figure it out. But for I don't now,
1: know, dude, for, I but for think- me, but like, here's the thing. The blatant disregard for safety is the like funniest part of that comedy. And so like, I wouldn't change anything about anything AJ does. Like, I'm oh, yeah. happy that he goes about that scenario in that manner. I just can't help but think, bro, you're so dumb.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's an idiot. But I honestly, I really do think for the type of person that he is and for the type of person who makes excuses for obviously horrible actions and things that he's done in the past and like tries to twist them i could see him not giving a fuck about that room i will say when you start to go down into the dungeon uh that maybe would be kind of fucking weird like i i feel like once he starts to go downstairs into this stone cold like Mm. like hallway then i would think that's a little bit strange but i could see him i could see him not because he does kind of give pause when he finds the room but Mm. i could see him being like i'll deal with what's in here later but like this is extra square footage on my house that i didn't know about (laughs) and i mean because right now i feel like in his head the most important thing to him is getting money and repairing his reputation i feel like anything else else
1: is just is secondary
0: he's worried about the squatters more so because that could fuck his property up not because like oh shit there might be people living in here i feel like he's just like i'm trying to sell this property and like i need everybody out because like there are also very huge flags that something weird happened to the last people that were here or that something strange is happening and maybe people are living here that he's more irritated about because it's screwing up his plans than like, huh, that's that's suspicious. That's weird. Like, <laughs> right. I feel like all of that is kind of in the back of his mind, but not important,
1: though. When he like first arrives, just going through like, what the fuck? That's kind of funny. <laughs> what
0: the fuck? Yeah. And he calls them and they're like, we don't send people out to clean it unless they're guests. And I was like, Ugh.
3: Ugh,
1: gross!" <laughs> but also, the other another small thing, but just a little choice that made me giggle a lot is like when he is going through their stuff, and then he finds Tessa's MacBook, and is like, and "Okay," he, <laughs> and he just chucks it across the room. Yeah, it's because it's a MacBook that really sells that joke. Yeah, but like, bro, again, Justin Long playing a mm. terrible character, but he's killing yes. it out here
0: blatant disregard for other people or their things. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so AJ ends up becoming our next victim. Um, Mm -hmm. He comes in contact with the mother and this is this is this is when we finally got to start to like flesh out what's going on downstairs. We get to see more of what's happening downstairs and I do love that there's an implication that these tunnels and this whole kind of underground bunker continues and goes on and maybe has multiple rooms and all of these different things. I love that there is an implication of that, but we never get to see it. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of make up in your mind for yourself where what it's like down there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you start to think about that and the mother as a character it it becomes really tragic and really and really sad and really scary i will say like this whole thing with with frank
1: mm-hmm. and
0: his whole mo when we go back in the past was honestly probably like the scariest The
1: scariest part, part right one of my notes yeah. was the scene where frank is just watching that woman in his car probably mm-hmm. the scariest scene in yeah. this entire movie
0: And when he unlocks the window so he can get in later, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: oh, that is so scary. And, And this idea that he has created this whole soundproof and like this whole thing within his house basically yeah that that nobody will ever find out about and there's also this feeling of because when we do flashback and meet frank and see that whole situation you can kind of get a notion of how this neighborhood became the way that it is definitely feels like there were probably black people moving into the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and and the white Tenants that were already there did not like that and thought the neighborhood was going to shit. So everybody moves except for Frank. And then you kind of understand that Frank probably was so happy that black people were moving there because he knew the cops would probably not even fuck with that neighborhood anymore. Mm -hmm. So he was able to get away with this shit forever. Yeah. And like that's so scary to think that he was just doing that until he couldn't do it anymore until he just got too old to do it
1: that's true and like i am happy that they included that little bit with frank and his neighbor too because i was listening to the dead meat um podcast covering this and they were talking a little bit about the depiction of detroit and a lot of like horror specifically Mm -hmm. and just like how it's usually depicted as like abandoned buildings and just like a really shitty place right and not often do movies or stories explore why certain places in detroit ended up the way that they did and so like i like that they included that little bit because it's like it's not too much it's not like an overbearing like oh also we're going to talk about gentrification and yeah. all this like they have didn't... you heard
0: about those black people coming up yeah. here like i was... <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: didn't throw in a whole lecture in there but they gave you no. just enough to understand the implications and yeah. like still keep the story going which i appreciated.
0: Mm -hmm. And it works out in the favor of this film because I I do think that it's just enough where you, like you said, you get it. You can see why Frank was able to get away with stuff for so long. But you can also understand why this has been able to happen for so long. um, As far as what the mother has been doing, probably Mm -hmm. with people that go there and probably never leave. Um, And the cops aren't really going to be bothered with it. And also tests does not get any help from the cops. So although that might have been what her plan would have been later, or I'm sorry, what her plan would have been earlier, maybe when she was trying to get Keith to leave was to maybe go to the police. It wouldn't have mattered, Mm -hmm. Um, which of course hindsight 2020, but it does make sense on why these things are able to happen. And nobody is really kind of batting an eye because nobody is really check-in for what's happening in this neighborhood um i will say that it's crazy that aj didn't realize that the neighborhood was like this but it also it's not weird at the same time because i do know that there are a lot of people who buy up who have a lot of money and buy up properties anywhere and without even having to go see the property yeah that's what i was like it It happens all the time
1: this situation strikes me as he is barely ever at this specific property though i mean we do find out that he does have family in detroit because he talks to his parents so like so like he does have roots in detroit but you can kind of gauge that this specific property is one that's just for money
0: yeah um but yeah so AJ gets down there and once again, immediately is so combative, which I get it. This is a crazy situation. But if I got thrust into this situation and the one person that was there was telling me to calm down or like do this, don't make don't make her mad, blah, 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 blah. Oh, the way I would have been babbling like a fucking baby, I'd have been like, blah, blah, blah. Like I would have been... (laughs) I don't even like stay less. All right, whatever, whatever. I will do whatever. I, I will agree. S-
1: I agree with you, but that hairy bottle kind of got me. I don't but know if I could have done it, man. I don't know if I could have put that in my mouth.
0: Here's the thing. Um, why they could have taken that hair off? That is one thing where you're a baby. But you can still do things like you could have easily reached up and just plucked that hair off. What's she going to say? Oh, you can't do that. Like who, who's going to say something? You could have easily plucked that hair off and kept it and kept drinking, kept it moving. that was one time where I was like, no, Tessa or Tess, girl, you've got a, you're a little bit too comfortable with the situation at hand. Because yeah, I would have just all right, just blown it off, <laughs> just been like, yeah, blown that, blown that hair off, and and kept on, uh, kept on going because yeah, I, I that can't was lie. disgusting. I was I was
1: cringing right there along with AJ. I was like, I know I got to do this to survive, but ugh, that's nasty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's gross, but it's the better option. We come to find out that's the thing is the way that that Tess is making it seem like this is the best option. I probably would have believed her, but yeah, I would have had to do a quick flick off that <laughs> flick of the hair <laughs> mm-hmm. before we get all get all up in there.
1: That's true. Now, I remember the first time through, the mother did really throw me off because like at this point in time, this was like the third time that I was thinking to myself, "What the fuck is this movie about?" <laughs> um, so like I wasn't it took me a while to like get used to the mother as the antagonist and just like at you know pull that part of the story in um but knowing what i know now watching it the second time through a lot more things made sense like Mm -hmm. for instance why she eats justin long out of the pit that she has them captured in and takes him to go um, into the other room, because he's like, Okay, well, he's not taking the bottle, then I'll just breastfeed him. Like, yeah, the mother is truly just doing motherly things in her mind. But it's still it is still kind of strange watching that shot of him get pulled up. Because it's very much just like, they're there. And then they're no longer in there anymore. Yes. And just the physics of how he got out of that hole. I don't need to harp on it too much. I just did think about it. I was like, Damn, is it's, she that strong that she wound right. him up that thing? And like okay. And jumped. Yeah. And jumped. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like it look it kind of looks like in SpongeBob where all the fish hooks were down and then we <laughs> yank them up real quick. That's kind of what it looks like so happens just to Justin. <laughs> Justin Long. <laughs> but yeah, it happens very, very quickly. But yeah, the the mother's strength in the is a little bit it's kind of hard to tell because it's in some ways, the mother is human, but obviously, after years and years and years of inbreeding, has mutated and and what have you. But sometimes mm-hmm. it is kind of hard to tell what <laughs> what kinds of restraints she has <laughs> because mm-hmm. it feels like she should have some. Um, but she definitely has some superhuman, supernatural moments
1: yeah absolutely though when she took aj into that room and booped his nose that oh, shit oh, took yeah. me Boop. out it's i was so, assassinated i was laughing so, so, so hard Boop.
0: it's so cute <laughs> yeah it's cool it's wild because i'm sure in aj's head he was probably like what the fuck is going what on is um but yeah going off of what you said and i think it makes sense too why it's crazy to think but If they had had their Airbnb for just a night, they, it's like, I think back on it and I'm like, there probably were people who stayed at the Airbnb and left and were fine. And were totally fine. Because they, if they had stayed for just the night and left the next day, nothing would have happened. True. Really, the only reason something happens to them is because... They kind of go down and are investigating a little bit more. Now, that's not to say that the mother wouldn't have eventually maybe come up and done something. But I do think that first night, um, it really does feel like she was just checking on them. And they were asleep and she was like, OK, OK, cool. Now, Keith was having a nightmare. So maybe that's what kind of like brought her up.
1: Oh, is, is that would be him. kind of like it's never touched on. But that would be kind of cool if that was the implication that like that yeah. is why she came up there
0: is cuz he was cuz he was like, He was screaming. having a re- yeah he was having <laughs> yeah. a
1: really bad night terror or whatever was going yes. on.
0: Um and so yeah it, it really does feel like she just came up and checked on them and then and and then kept kept it kept it going. Um so yeah it's it's like there's a lot of instincts that the mother really does have where it's it really is just nurturing but also all she knows is violence and nurturing right. those are like the two things that she knows is violence from her father and then how to take care of babies because of that video that she has probably been watching on a loop for her entire, entire life.
1: life yeah
0: yeah so there is no in-between which is also why i think that she because i, I I wondered at the first time I watched it I was like why did she kill Keith but I do also think that there is inherently maybe a distrust in men that she yeah. has because yeah. she is afraid of her father and the only manly figure in her life has hurt her and assaulted her and been violent to her for her entire life so I do think that if Keith had been if Keith had been more kind of like relaxed maybe she wouldn't have killed him but i do think that in that instance she wanted to protect Tess more than she were wanted to protect keith because it kind of felt like he was maybe getting violent he mm-hmm. wasn't but i wonder if from her perspective if
1: Yo, it seemed like he was maybe i never thought about it like that but that yeah. all well could have been why because um, like yeah, yeah, he was grabbing her and like all that stuff she could have just gone into protective mother mode there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's nuts. I never thought about that, but that's kind of cool.
0: It's just the only thing I can think of of why she would have just gone so quickly from, oh, you're my baby to I want to, I'm going to kill you because it's similar to what she does to AJ later. She only hurts him after he hurts Tess. Right. So I think she just goes into like protective mode.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I. <laughs> wow yeah you blew the lid oh, off of wow. that one for me yeah he got me with that one <laughs> crack the case uh, <laughs> <wide> open. <laughs> um but just overall her as the antagonist definitely enjoyed the second watch because like knowing what she is and what she represents like we're finding here it's like it adds a different layer to a lot of the things that she does throughout the movie and it gives mm-hmm. it like a different meaning too and i really like that i like that because of what you know it it alters your perspective Mm -hmm. on like what her actual intentions are um because i feel like the first time through you're just afraid of her right like she's just this creature that we don't understand and like we're very slowly being spoon-fed the information of like what is she and what she's after but that lack of understanding uh i think creates this layer of fear right where like mm-hmm. the second time through you you just know that she's a tragic character stuck in a really shitty situation it may it lends you to um try to understand her more and see where she's coming from despite the fact that she clearly has all of the strength and all of the violence to be yes. the villain
0: yes it's 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 like really frank is He's
1: the the truest villain of this story. Absolutely. Um, Followed very closely by Mr. AJ. (laughs) Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. So AJ. (laughs) So AJ. And I think it's so interesting because I feel like Frank and AJ are two separate chapters of the same book. And I feel like that's especially apparent in the scene that we do get where we finally meet Frank meet him for real for real because I think that both for him and AJ there is more of a fear of being caught or being presented a certain way than a fear or remorse for anything that they've done because Frank is horrified of being figured out and so therefore would rather end his own life than allow the police to come and discover what he's done. And AJ is in a very similar boat where AJ doesn't feel bad about the things that he's done. He just feels bad that his outward reputation might be impacted by that. He doesn't really care or feel remorseful about what he's done to this girl, how he's impacted her life. He just cares that she is now going to ruin things for him. And that's the only reason that he apologizes. Same thing with Tess. He is so willing to sacrifice Tess at every turn and step. And then when he realizes that she is still alive and could potentially let that word of mouth go out and about of what he did, he immediately changes his tactic and makes it seem like he didn't have a choice and now he's going to help her. And it was all misunderstanding. It's like they're both cut from the same cloth. And, in the sense of there is no guilt for the things they've done. there is only guilt at the fact that they will now be caught for the things that they've done,
1: mm, you know, center cast the first stone, you know what I'm saying? like yeah. bro, you you ain't in a place for judgment right now? Well, you should be judged, but you shouldn't be doing the judging right currently, a j and
0: um, like you're also the one who, yeah, because because a j goes in there and he thinks that Frank is also a victim. And mm-hmm. then discovers that that he's not, but I'm like, bro, what, you, what you <laughs> thought, you thought she had him up in here, he in a bed with the TV, like doing all the, <laughs> my man's <laughs> chilling in his bedroom, and AJ's
1: right? like,
0: Adrian's <laughs> like, she's gonna fry, blah 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 blah. <laughs> it's like, uh, get out of here, get
1: out of here, fool. But yeah, they, despite. Mine and the entire audience's um, shouts and pleas. Uh, Tess does go back to help AJ. Mm-hmm. And they they get out. They do get out and they make it out of the house. Um, but the mother is not too far behind. They and so, you know, leading her. in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I almost skipped over a very important piece of bullshit um, in the AJ regard. He shoots Tess, mm-hmm. which... You can't help but be pissed about, out of all the things he does, it's that part I'm I'm that, pissed yeah. about the least, because I understand, yeah. but still, also, fuck you, dude. Why are you making the situation sucks. worse?
0: Yeah, that's the one where you're like, okay, that was definitely an accident. Like, it was a mistake. But it just, it's so frustrating, because it's, Tess continues down this path of, of going in and feeling like she needs to save people and feeling like she needs to help this guy. But she doesn't really know. She just wants to help him because she feels bad. And it's knowing who he is and knowing who she is and knowing both of their intentions, it mm-hmm. just sucks. because it, e- it just sucks. Because you're like, Tess, you're not even supposed to be here right now. <laughs> and it, I think it especially sucks because – in a way, AJ could at that point in time, AJ could have gotten out on his own. He mm-hmm. didn't need to be saved anymore at that point. Um, so it sucks to know that she went back down there specifically for him. And also that he waits to shoot her until she says hello. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's also kind of a bummer.
1: <laughs> yeah. AJ just racking him up, man. But it's You know, it's one of the things that I enjoy about the structure of this movie, though, because it is a bit of an unorthodox structure. It's still taking the three part story idea and kind of running with that. But just the way that it's told, because it gave us so much time with both of these characters, it allowed us to feel that right. That feeling of we have this character that's truly just in a really shitty situation. We want her to get out versus this character who's just a truly shitty guy Mm -hmm. who we don't really give a shit if he gets out. Um, but knowing that their stories are so intertwined with each other at this point, it's just it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Um, just knowing that she is going to try and help somebody, the most toxic person yeah. possible and putting herself in danger. Right. Um, especially when he chucks her off a goddamn oh
0: my gosh. water
1: tower. Yes. I couldn't believe it when it happened the first uh, time. I, I, like, I can believe it character wise, but just as a human being, I couldn't believe it.
0: Yeah, it sucks because he sucks. Well, and so too, so So Tess is like, I know somebody who can help us. And she goes and finds Andre. (laughs) She goes and finds Andre, and Andre's like, oh, yeah, like, come hang out with me here. AJ gives this whole monologue about how he doesn't think he's a good person, which is solidified in stone in about five minutes. But um, Andre is like, oh, yeah, the mother. Because he makes this comment about her coming out at night. And Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of implied that she maybe snatches people up off of the street as well (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. or takes people from this neighborhood or whatever, which there aren't any really any people anymore besides Andre, it seems. But he has this whole area that he's like, oh, she never comes over here but he has her babies and so she smashes through the wall and she rips his arm off and in the most disrespectful of scenes beats him to death with his arm
1: with his own goddamn arm it hurt me just as much the second time around (laughs) i feel so disrespected every single time i get to this scene and it's not just because they're killing off the black character that's not why this time that's not why. It's just the pure and utter disrespect yeah. with which they kill Andre. He did not deserve it's a death like that. Even s- if you're gonna kill so him, you're gonna have to kill him like that. That's messed with up his own with his own arm, arm,
0: dog. It's so disrespectful, and you just know that he has been like fine all these <laughs> years. He tries to help Tess, and then immediately gets beaten with his arm and yeah so andre's dead um but yeah so they they go up a water tower and aj decides oh well if only one of us should survive it should be me and he throws take us come get your baby <laughs> He throws tess off of the water tower by the
1: hair no by us the too. hair
0: and in the most strange yet tragic scene (laughs) the mother dives off the water tank to save tess and she like twists Tess on on top of her so that when they land she just lands on top of her
1: yeah now i'm not gonna lie the first time i saw her jump off that water tower couldn't help but laugh just because it's, it's so it's so jarring it's <laughs> to see her just fully naked body leap off of that water right. tower to go save Tess. Because it's uh,
0: like imagine Spider-Man <laughs> leaping to save Mary Jane or to save Gwen Stacy. It's literally that scene of from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 where Gwen Stacy's falling and Spider-Man jumps after her. It's that scene, but with the naked mother and <laughs> Tess test being like, what the fuck is going on?
1: <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> now, it, didn't, it didn't, like, jar me as much the second time because I knew it was coming so right. I could, like, mentally prepare myself. But the first time through, <laughs> I felt bad for laughing. I'm like, I shouldn't laugh right now, but that it's shit is pretty funny.
0: funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but my... Oh, dude, the way that this movie plays on my, my emotions, though, because I... Almost cried the first time I watched the ending and I almost cried again. <laughs> like the way they almost had me sobbing over
3: uh, the now, mother.
1: Is look, I'll tell you this. Ridiculous. I don't know if this helps at all, but cuz we had this conversation before about that and how the ending affected you. I understood a little bit more this time around. Cuz like the first time you told me that, I was like I do I does not compute. This time I get it. I actually get it cuz I think this time I had more empathy for the mother. Yeah. And so by the time we get to that get to that moment like after she saves Tess and you like fully realize that this is a dangerous but just misunderstood character that does actually care about Tess's well-being. I can understand how you would be moved emotionally yeah, by that.
0: I think it's just this feeling of at the end of the day, you can tell that she just wants like something to love and mm-hmm. something to love her back. And it really does feel like Tess is maybe the closest that she's got to that. I have to imagine that not many people have played along. Right. And Tess has been playing along for weeks. So that really does feel like at this point in time, she really does think of her as her baby. And mm-hmm. it's like this feeling of you can tell that she knows that Tess is hurt and she just so badly wants to like make her safe and bring her back home, quote unquote. And I guess it's just the acceptance of it all. It's because she loves Tess so much, even when she, when Tess is about to kill her, she still is just like baby. Like, I don't know. There's something so sad about the resignation of the situation. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just it's the first time that we ever see the mother in this sort of loving vulnerable state. Everything else has felt so malicious. And then Mm -hmm. you finally it every and then you're given this scene that feels so authentic from her end. And I feel like it's the first time that you really see like it's it's she just really loves Tess so much,
1: yeah. And
0: so it's just so sad. And it's
1: a, it's pretty sad. It's, it's pretty tragic.
0: Yeah, it's like good for Tess, but <laughs> yeah. and like so. Oh, and also she killed AJ, which was great. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a <laughs> it, it's it it's just a a sad moment because although it's what needs to be done, it's the best thing that. Pro- for both of them cuz also that's no way for the mother to live
1: to be living it's, yeah, yeah
0: it's like the best thing that that can be done but i just think there's something so earnest about the way that she's really worried about Tess and right. want and didn't want her to get her and and yeah, I don't know. Something about it. Something about <laughs> it really gets under my skin.
1: <laughs> and uh, I mean, the choice of "Be My Baby" oh. for the ending credits as well—fabulous choice. Such a good,
0: um, s- such a good choice. It's perfect.
1: perfect. It, it really is <laughs> perfection. Perfect. Um, also quick shout out to Matthew Patrick Davis who played the mother. Um, just for giving the character that personality that um brought to it because like again i think this character very easily could have been dismissed as just like this dangerous force of nature but because the mother had a personality i do think it adds something else to the story Mm -hmm. and adds a humanity to that character that i think is maybe hard to initially see um when you first get introduced to her
0: yeah yeah there's so much going on with this (laughs) with this character um which is not easy to do with a character that doesn't really talk
2: very Mm -hmm. much
0: and also for the most part has limited emotive emotions that can be portrayed because of the prosthetics it's it's like you she there is movement to the face but it's 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 mainly feels like it it's all reliant on like the mouth and the eyes and i feel like we do get enough through that to really see how the mother is feeling um and what everything that's happening around is like really how it's making her feel and i do think like i said i i feel like especially at this this ending bit i do think that there's enough there that That it feels, it feels like there is a relationship there, even though there shouldn't be. (laughs) It it just feels like there is. There's like true, truly conflicting feelings going on. And even for Tess, it's it's weird because I I for Tess uh, I think she's like she's just she's like I can't go back. I'm not I'm not doing this. But it's it's weird because I do feel like even Tess realizes in this moment that the mother loves her not that she gives a not that she should have to give a fuck because she's yeah. in a, like, a horrible situation but it's like a weird re- revelation
1: yeah for, she definitely she knows she absolutely knows because she even you can see that she was starting to have those feelings when like she initially rammed her car into her and they're just kind of like sitting staring e- into each other's eyes for a second mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like sh- at that point she had already started to get some semblance of just like if it's not pity understanding for this character of being like i'm terrified of you i do not want to be near you but Mm -hmm. like there's there's something tragic about you like there's some there's something here that's not your fault and like i understand but also i'm going to hit you with my with my truck i'm sorry
0: right and of course in that ending too it's like the last is when is right after she does find out what actually happened from Andre. She finally hears the story about what the mother is exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a great ending. The, the music choices is great. I, I like the ending. I could see I've seen a couple of people who feel who say they felt like it was like anticlimactic. I don't think so. I honestly feel like it was the the right ending for me. I think especially for this situation in the sense of not. Every good thing is going to prevail. Like Sometimes things just end the way that they end, and there's Mm -hmm. no kind of hope or goodness on the other side of them because you think about it, and it's like Frank is dead. He's never going to have to answer for anything that he's done. AJ is never going to have to answer for anything that he's done. And there's really no justice in in any of it because – Nobody believed Tess in the first place. And so I just feel like, I don't know, it feels it feels realistic to me in the sense that Tess got the best that she. I think earlier Andre says, like, you got out alive, like, and that's all that matters. Like, take what you get kind of a thing. And I feel like that's what this ending is. It's like you got out with your life and that's kind of it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Yeah, I agree with that. I I feel like just being alive is the most that she can hope for. And I do like as well that despite screaming at her for a majority of the movie to stop making the decisions that she was making, she stayed true to who she was. And like, I do personally enjoy that with characters. Like, of course, I want the characters to go on some sort of journey and like to alter and change in some way. But I love when people's, like, if they go into the movie with a good moral compass and they still leave with a good moral compass, um, I, I enjoy that. And I think that despite everything that happened to Tess, Tess is still a good person. Right. And, like, no matter any choice that she was presented throughout the course of this, she made the decisions of a good person. And, like, yeah. I, I like that because, again, it really... Uh, It really reinforces how terrible of a character AJ is in comparison. mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and honestly, too, I feel like in some ways that is a weakness for you could see that as a weakness, but I also do think that the things I maybe just because of the type of character that she is that she has were kind of became her strengths, because I do feel like. The aspect of her playing along with everything it's like that is the kind of stuff that allowed her to survive in the end Mm -hmm. is this kind of this this nature of like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna play along and I'm gonna you know lean into into this idea and and wait for my chance and Mm -hmm. rather than like jumping in headfirst like a lot of our other characters do I think that is the thing that allowed her to survive because even with AJ, even though it was done for her to go back, she did she she waited until she had taken the mother out. She didn't just run back in their head first. Right. So it wasn't a bad idea for her to try to go back for him. He was just, you know, down there, red-eye, red-dead fucking <laughs> redemption. So like she didn't she didn't know that. But I do think that a lot of those aspects of her is what helped her to survive. Yes, it got her in that situation, but it also got her out. So True. I'm sure I'm hope I'm sure she'll take things from it, but yeah, it's like her moral compass for the most part is still there by the end, regardless of how other people have treated her. I think maybe there at the end feels like maybe she's sick of that shit after what A yeah. did. But um for the majority of it before then, she was, you know, she was she was just trying her best to help everybody.
1: She was um, out she was out there doing her best.
0: Whether it was in her best interest or not. Um, but yeah, worked out for her barely.
1: Barely. barely truly barely. <laughs>
0: barely. Um, but yeah, I think my only other note on it is um for really only taking place in like one location. I feel like this movie did a lot with the setting. Um, kept it really fresh. The lighting in this movie is really good, despite it being a lot of it being in the dark. Um, mm-hmm. I still could see everything. And also, too, I love the music in this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of just instrumentals that work really, really well with the plot of this and, like, the the tone and the setting. I feel like there's a lot of, like, percussion instruments and, Mm -hmm. yeah, it works really well. I really enjoy Mm -hmm. the music in it. Every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, that's, 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 that's hidden.
1: I feel it. I feel it. it
0: (laughs) But um that ends the discussion which means that it is time to rate this thing mm-hmm. what are we gonna rate this out of um hairy nipple baby bottles, bottles. Or, <laughs> what are those <laughs> called they're not called nipples oh, <laughs> Harry uh, baby bottles we could do hairy baby bottles
1: okay I, I what actually, are they called i think I they, they are, are, they called, are nipples. called
0: nipples yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we can do hairy baby bottles
1: yeah i feel like that's probably more appropriate than hairy nipples. Uh, but <laughs> plus we might
0: have we might have some hairy nipples later.
1: We may have hairy nipples later. Who knows? You never know. So okay, uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to?
0: Um, uh you go first. But also too, like I know that milk was hot.
1: Oh, you know, room temperature or I warm. <laughs> room temperature or above, absolutely.
0: Oh lord. Mm-hmm.
1: Ugh. Ugh, so gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so I think I am going to give Barbarian 4.9 out of five hairy Baby Bottles. Uh, it's a really good movie. And I honestly understand why it was one of the more popular ones last year. I remember hearing a lot of people saying good things about this one. Um, there are a lot of twists and turns in this one. And it is a great experience to watch um, blind, like not knowing anything going into this film, I still think is the best way to do it. And I think that initial viewing experience is just a ton of fun. Um, This is one of definitely the uh, highlight theater experiences from last year for me. Um, And overall, just the movie's very well done from the way that it's shot to the way that the sound design happens to the way that the characters are played. Even the less savory characters are still played very well. And despite how serious some of the subject matter can be, there is still some fun and comedy to this movie, which I always like in my horror. I like to laugh in horror movies like I I love seeing the gore. I love seeing the violence, but I do also love to like, you know, have a nice uh, palate cleanser laugh every once in a while. And I think this movie does a good job of that. Um, the only reason it doesn't get five out of five from me is I'm taking a point off from my boy Andre. They did him <laughs> dirty and I'm petty. So you can't get a perfect score for that. Um, <laughs> he deserved better. <laughs> but all in all, still a fantastic movie. Definitely one of the better ones from last year. And um, one that even on the second watch, I really, really enjoyed. So 4.9 out of five, Harry Baby Bottles.
0: Um, yeah, I'm going to give this 4.9 out of 5 Harry Baby Bottles too. Okay. Um, yeah, this movie is great. I love all of the different turns in it. I think all the different acts work well together in the end. Like, it's like a great movie when you combine everything by the end and then you're able to look back and break everything up, but still see how it all flows together. Love mm-hmm. that shit. And I think it's done very well here. I think Tess is a really, really, um captivating character to to follow. I feel for her and even when she's not making the best decisions, I think that they did it well enough in this one that it's not it doesn't irk me. Um mm-hmm. it's not annoying and I still appreciate and root for her despite those things. Um the writing in this I think is just so well done and The makeup is really great. I think that the mother is such a complex character and scary, but also heartbreaking. And I like that in a villain. Uh, It's not always done well, but I think it's done really well here. So, yeah, uh, the only reason I gave it a 4.9 is... Although it's an important scene, every time we do get to AJ finding Frank, it just feels like it slows the movie down for me a little bit. It's just Mm, mm -hmm. something about it. I don't know if it's the pacing of the scene or the way that it unfolds, but something about it I wish was tweaked or tightened in some way because every time we get to that point, uh, it just feels like things come to a little bit of a standstill. Um, So that's the only thing for me is just... At that point in the movie, uh, it feels like we should be racing through a little bit more. And we're still kind of learning information. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the only thing that keeps it from being perfect for me. But pretty darn close. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be 4.9 hairy baby bottles out of five. (laughs) (laughs) but that is it for barbarian we want to hear what you guys thought of this one you can let us know on our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer to talk a little bit more in depth you could always come into our discord that's where we hang out with the homies all the time we chit chat about horror but we also discuss some other things in there so if you'd like to come through and say hello uh, the link for that is in our social media bios and you can also email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us requests recommendations and business inquiries and if you're listening to this on the day that it came out that means that it's monday which means we are streaming on twitch tonight twitch is where we play spooky games hang out with the homies and have some laughs have some drinks have some chit chat so if you want to come through and say hello on there the link for that is also in our social media bio and last but not least if you are so inclined we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review you can do both on apple podcasts the more ratings and reviews we get the better it helps recommend our show to more listeners and we like to hear what you guys are thinking so if you have an apple account and haven't done that we'd love for you to Or you can rate us over on Spotify if you're listening on there. Just go to our name, click the stars underneath, and that will rate the show for you. But thank you, homies, for hanging out with us today as we continue our throwback episodes. And we hope you have a great rest of your week. And we'll be chit-chatting with you guys next time.
1: Catch you next time, homies.
0: Bye.